Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you are blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church and its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to redchurch.org.au. Hi, I'm Daniel, and uh, it's great to be up here um, sharing with you today. I've, I've been looking forward to um, the day when I get to, get to preach and, and share uh, some of what I sense God's speaking and doing amongst us. Um, but for those of you who don't know me, I've been a part of this church community for uh, a bit over 10 years now. I moved to Melbourne from uh, some South Australia. Anyone from South Australia here? Ooh, fun solo. Oh, hang on. I don't, I don't know. Oh, and, oh, Andrew, yeah, 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 thanks, right up the back there, I see that hand. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm married to Melody, who was up here singing and is now navigating two young children um, out the back there. And I, uh, I love being a part of this church. <clears throat> uh, we're expats here, uh, don't have any family, and this church is our family. And uh, we have been deeply blessed and deeply formed and encouraged <clears throat> by uh, the community here at Red Church. And so, yeah, welcome. It's good to be here with you. <clears throat> it's got a little little thing going on. <clears throat> um, I, I just, from the get-go, I love Jesus. I have encountered Jesus in the most profound and beautiful ways throughout my life. And so that marks who I am. It marks what I'm on about. And I am utterly convinced of who he is and his deep, deep love for me and for you. And I believe that his upside-down kingdom is the best news for our world. And I'm so hopeful for the renewing work that he's doing at this time. Hands up if you sense he's at work doing something new, afresh. Yeah, great. <clears throat> Where's the church? We're pressing into that. We're leaning into that. Um, and I want to explore a little bit more what that looks like today. But I'm so hopeful for this work to the point that I became a pastor to come and lead and serve and minister for this generation and for future generations, um, for what Jesus may do in a place like Australia. And so I, I would love to begin um, by praying, but just before I do, just as I was preparing this, I just really sensed that there, um, part of the invitation I wanted to pop out there is that there is so much more for you in Christ. Whatever is your reality, whatever you're experiencing at the moment, um, wherever you're feeling it, there is so much more for you in Christ. And so I just want to pray as we, as we spend this time together. Um, so would you join me? <clears throat> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come before you. Uh, ready to receive, ready to, to engage with your heart, ready to engage with your word through scripture, through your spirit's voice. Would you speak to our inner beings? Would you minister to us, reveal more of who you are, reveal more of who we are because of you? And for people in this room that are feeling the pinch of this moment in, in whatever way, would you come and show that you have so much more for them? And that in you we have all that we need. So we thank you and we just commit this time to you, Jesus. Amen. Well, we um, last week celebrated Easter, and the 40 days before that we had, the, had Lent, um, which is the period of time where we get to recount and remember Jesus' life and ministry here on earth. 
Um, and it, you kind of retrace those steps and it culminates with what we experienced last weekend of Good Friday, his death on the cross, and Easter Sunday, the resurrection, the new life, the hope that came with him. And each year we have the opportunity to relive this story again. And so my hope is that you encountered Jesus and his story in a new way um, this last uh, Easter season. If you didn't, you've got to wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not true, not true. <laughs> but one thing I love about doing, going through that, that period of time is that we get to relive and remember the gospel story, um, the good news of, of what Jesus came to earth, what he set about in motion. And that's what I want to spend some time on today is the gospel. Um, just to brush up on our Greek, who knows what gospel means? Ooh, I've already said it. I've given away. What was that? Good news. Good news. Gospel is good news. So whenever you hear the word gospel, just think, this is good news. And that is the story of Easter that we go through. It is, we get to journey through some, some really good news for us and for our world. And so I'm going to begin with a passage, Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 14 and 15. <clears throat> we ended... Last week with uh, Jesus' uh, death and resurrection, which is obviously towards the end of his time here on earth, I'm going to jump right back to the start of his ministry. Um, and he's, uh, this takes place right after he's been, been tested in the wilderness. And then he finds himself here. Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And so we're going to dig in today to the gospel. But what does Jesus actually mean by good news? What is this good news he's proclaiming? I want to start with Jesus began his ministry by announcing the kingdom, announcing a new kingdom. Jesus was in a time where there was the, he was part of the um, Israelites, um, the chosen people of God um, in what is now Israel, but then they also had the Roman Empire. So we had the Israel kingdom, I suppose, and the Roman kingdom. But this was something new. Jesus came to, to proclaim something new. The kingdoms and nations and their cultures that were around that time always left people wanting more. It doesn't matter how brilliant they were, how strong and powerful they were, or how intensely they followed the laws and the customs of that time, the worldly kingdoms were never enough. And I think that's true for us today as well. The worldly kingdoms, I love Australia, but it is not enough. I'm left wanting more. And so Jesus comes along announcing this kingdom, and the way he describes it surprises everybody. When you think of a powerful and successful kingdom, you think of, of strength, you think of um, able to impose its will, um, expand its, its, uh, its boundaries, able to defeat its enemies. But instead, Jesus told stories and parables, and he says the kingdom of God is like. And this, what Jesus was talking about, was a new and upside-down kingdom. And Jesus describes this by saying things like the greatest person in God's kingdom is the weakest. 
the person who was lost would be found. And the cultural divides that separate neighbours and tribes, they would fall. And the one with need would be filled. The greatest is the person who lives and serves the poor. And he said that you, when you live, uh, that you live in this kingdom when you respond to evil in love. When you forgive your enemies and when you seek peace. So Jesus is announcing a new kingdom. This is what he set about to do in his ministry. And that is good news. Well, it's good news for them. It's good news for us that there is a kingdom, there is a different alternative, a different story that we get to be a part of. Now, we looked at what the Greek is for the gospel. I also want to look at what Hebrew is for gospel. Anyone know? Anyone? I didn't, so I'm going to share. <laughs> it's, it's a word, it's a word, beser, which is a fun word, but it's, it's kind of this royal announcement. And it was used for, to announce the reign of a new king, Beser. And I think this is, there's, there's a weightiness to it. As I sat with this word and, and what it meant, the, the, to announce the reign of a new king, this isn't, there's a, there's a weight that we just perhaps don't feel in our time. Um, when we think of good news, uh, we may think of like just being, what is it, doom scrolling? Is that you're just scrolling through bad news, and then you're like, oh, I just need some good news. And you find a picture of a monkey and a puppy, kind of now best friends. You're like, oh, <laughs> the world's okay. <laughs> but this, this good news, this, this change changes the reality and existence. This wasn't just a kind of like, hey, this is like, no, 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 reality's shifting now. Good news is here. What you've experienced is changing into something new. And so with that in mind, we're going to, going to look at Luke 4, verses 16 and 19. So he was in, we read in Mark 1, um, that uh, he was in Galilee. And then his next step was he went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news, good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. So Jesus not only announced a new kingdom, he is also announcing that he is the king of this kingdom. He's been anointed as kings would be. He is the king of this kingdom. But just as the kingdom doesn't look like people thought it might, Jesus also wasn't the kind of king people wanted him to be or thought he would be. What is, what is, when you think about it, when you, what is similar, what is common between Jesus and earthly kingdoms um, is they both hold power and authority. It's just Jesus used it very differently. He began operating in his kingly authority by healing people, forgiving them of their sins, speaking truth to lies and deceitful words. 
He lifted people out of their poverty and brokenness. But then he invites people, now come follow me. Come follow my way. And as we celebrated on Palm Sunday, Jesus rides into Jerusalem as a king would, but he didn't have his kind of noble steed and his entourage behind him. He comes in on a donkey. And so what we see here is that he does carry power and authority. People did follow him. What he spoke would come to pass. Demons would obey him. So he carries power and authority. But the thing I love as I, as I sat with this and unpacked this is that he not only announces the kingdom, not only announces that he's king, but he spends his ministry demonstrating that he is the king. He didn't just talk about it. He actually went and did it. He demonstrated that he is the king. And so here we have Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, quite controversially, saying, and we see this in, in, as he goes to the synagogue, opens up, gets the scroll, opens the scroll of Isaiah to what we now know as Isaiah 61, reads it out, and he's essentially saying, this is me. This is me. I am this king. I am this person. What you have heard said before, for 700 years, this, this text had been around before Jesus, this is me. And so he begins by announcing the kingdom and then spends the next three years teaching and demonstrating what that kingdom is like and what kind of king he is. So the good news is that he announces a new king, a new kingdom, and then demonstrates that he is the king of this kingdom. And that is the king that we worship today. When we sing, when we gather as God's people, this is who we worship and what we're a part of. And all we need to do is just spend time reading through Jesus' teaching, reading through the Gospels, sitting with the Sermon on the Mount, or sitting with Jesus' parables, seeing the way he lived his life, to find ourselves just compelled and drawn to who he is and his kingdom. And what we as Christians discover and know to be true is a beautiful vision for all of humanity, a beautiful truth for humanity. Our world needs this, yeah? Our world needs this kind of king and kingdom. But it needs to be birthed in you and I first. There is a, you see, there is a difference between knowing about the king and his kingdom and then embodying the king and his kingdom. And that's what he calls his followers to do, to embody his message, embody this new kingdom and its reality. <clears throat> so I want to just explore a little bit. How, uh, how is this announcement, how is this demonstrated birth, uh, demonstration birthed in us? And so I'm going to zoom in. Um, Maddie, do you want to go back to the Luke 4 passage? In, uh, just before the, the bold of good news, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. So I want to zoom in on this word poor. And when we read this, and, and when I as often have read this passage, I think when we think poor, we think of kind of wealth and finance um, just la- lacking in resource. But when you dig into it, it actually means to be lacking in anything. Jesus talked about being poor in spirit. Um, it's to be, to be lacking in, um, 
in status or in position or influence. It's to be lacking in relationship, to be lacking in health. And we all have experienced this poorness, this poverty in different ways in our life. We have all experienced the brokenness of this world and feel where we are poor. And my story, particularly early on in my story, was really marked by this sense of being poor. I grew up in in a lovely family. I went to church. But my, uh, much of my kind of outside of the home, um, school, sports, these kind of things, was, was actually re- really hard, really tough time in my life, particularly later childhood, teenage years, uh, which is so formative, right? So much of who you become is formed in those, in those years. But I, I went through some, some significant bullying through, through most of high school, and that was physical bullying, Verbal, emotional bullying. And as a consequence of that, I just had very little sense of self-worth, very low value of who I was. In fact, I hated who I was. I looked at people around me. I was like, why can't I be like you? Why can't I have those things? Why can't I look like that? And it was, it weighed so heavily on me. And because of that, who, who wants to be around a person like that? So I, just, I was pretty lonely, pretty isolated, didn't really have any friends, um, and I spent most of my teenage years like that. And as a result of those years, as a result of the, the, the words that were said to me and the things that were done to me, I carried a lot of trauma, emotional hurt, pain, um, but I had no... No ability to actually able to process that. I was very emotionally stunted. And I came out of my teenage years and into my 20s with, with these kind of two realities. One of I'd grown up in church and I suppose I'd heard the announcement of the kingdom and the king. But my experience here on this earth was very broken I experienced the poverty, I suppose, um, at this time. And I just I remember just this heart cry of going, there has to be more. There has to be more to life than this. God, if you're real, if what I've heard is true, there has to be more. And the turning point for me was when the Holy Spirit was introduced to me. I'm not sure if that's true for your story. I don't know. I grew up in a dusty old Lutheran church where the Holy Spirit was just kind of this part of the Trinity that we said in the Apostles' Creed from time to time. Um, there was no, no kind of lived reality or experience of the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because you, you look at the disciples and they, they spent Jesus, and just kind of just imagine this with me. Some rabbi comes and says, come follow me. And these guys, I don't know what was going on for them, but obviously there was something quite compelling um, about who Jesus was. And they dropped their nets. They said goodbye to the things, goodbye to their families, and they followed Jesus. It'd be like 
quitting your job and going after the kind of you know, entrepreneur guy. He's like, come, come, I'm going to Dubai. Come, say goodbye to things and come with me. And they walk with Jesus and they learn and, and, and discover more of who he is. But then he's like, I'm going now. I'm going, off you go. Like just the, just the devastation of that and the, the way that would just throw a spanner in the works of what you thought this was meant to be, where this was meant to go, who this king was, what this kingdom was like. Suddenly the king's leaving. That's not what happens in a kingdom. But I find encouragement in, in, uh, in John chapter 16, where Jesus says to his disciples, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Jesus introduces his disciples to the Holy Spirit. And that introduction became a turning point for me as well. Because coming out of those, uh, <clears throat> those years of, of the, the pain and the brokenness I experienced, with that, that poverty I suppose I experienced, um, but still marked by that cry, there has to be more. There has to be something true to this gospel message that I have yet to experience. I began to recognize, all right, Jesus is gone. The king has left this earth. I know he's coming again one day. But in the meantime, he has left us this gift. He's left me this gift of the Holy Spirit. And so that's got to mean something, right? So I've got to encounter this and I've got to perhaps begin to try something new here. I'm used to praying to God, but what would it look like to pray to the Holy Spirit, who is God's presence? And so over the course of quite a, maybe a good five or so years, just began this journey of, of exploring more, discovering more of what this faith was, who this God was. And I, I remember one day reading um, Ephesians 3. Um, and those of you who know me well know that this is up there with one of my favourite passages. But just Paul has this prayer for the Ephesians that they would come to know the love of Christ that surpasses understanding. But he begins that prayer by saying, I get on my knees and kneel before the Father and ask that the Spirit would reveal this to their inner being. And I was like, man, okay, I, I want to know. For years I'd heard about the love of Christ, heard the love of the King that he has for me, but it's a very cognitive thing. It was a very heady kind of thing. Oh, yeah, Jesus loves me. But the way this passage talked about it, it was like, oh, hang on. This is something I can know the breadth and the depth and the height of this love. And so as I came as I was with all my hurt, my brokenness, my pain, God had done a, a few things in that time, brought me into some places of, of a little bit of healing. But I just had this deep cry, I want, I want more and I'm hungry for more. And so I just, for a couple of weeks, when I was, I think I was 23 at the time, I just, I just committed to uh, each day I'm just going to get on my knees. As a, I, don't, I suppose I'm just, I want to just posture myself 
I think this is what you do before a king. Um, this is what Paul prayed for the Ephesians, to get on my knees. And just, Holy Spirit, you see me, you know me. I want to I wanna know this love. I've heard of Jesus. I've heard the announcement of his kingdom and who he is as king, but I want, I want to experience that. I want to experience the love of Jesus. Would you reveal that to my heart? Would you come and invade the brokenness, the poorness in me? Speak hope and life into me again. And that just became a regular prayer for a number of weeks. And those of you who know my story know um, there was a beautiful moment where I encountered Jesus in such a profound and significant way. But it's one of those things where it's hard to put into words. But the best way I could describe it was I felt like a little child coming before its dad. And I've got my own father wounds. I'm sure you do as well. But this was something different. This was a, uh, there was a purity and, a, and a, a significance, a weightiness, and a love of this father. And I just remember having this moment of him going, Daniel, I see you. I've called you by name. I love you. I was with you through those years. What you have experienced, what people said about you, what people did to you, all of that I felt as well. And I felt to the point that I actually died for you. You are now redeemed Those things have no weight and no bearing on your life anymore because I've paid that price for you. And I want to actually invite you into deeper relationship with me. I want to invite you into knowing my love. Here is my love. My son, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And that wrecked me for good. (laughs) It wrecked me because what I experienced and encountered was something that just suddenly became the foundation, became the rock upon which I could build my life. Every sermon I'd heard, every book I'd read, every podcast I'd listened to, song I'd sung suddenly made sense in that place, made sense when the king made his home in me, when he told me of his love. And through that time, God's kindness, in God's kindness and mercy, allowed me to hope beyond the poverty experienced. He heard my cry for more, and I realized that I had to actually step into that more. That that more has to translate into action in some way. And for me, that was getting on my knees and praying, Holy Spirit, come reveal to me something fresh. The gospel is so, so good. This good news is actually good news. I've experienced it so profoundly, personally, it met me in my poverty. But what I've come to realise is that's not just good news for me. That's good news for us. It's good news for each of you. And it's good news for our world. But what, <clears throat> what I really want to highlight here is the announcement of the gospel of the king and his kingdom didn't just stay as words on a page for me or the voice of a preacher It actually came as a revelation. 
For years, the gospel had stayed in my head. But it was, now it became this moment, this turning point where it was revealed to my heart, revealed to the inner parts of my being. It came as a revelation. And I just want to say, I didn't grow up in Melbourne, but I just want to acknowledge that we live in a city that um, is very heady. A lot of, we, we, we're, we're an intellectual people. We love to have good information and the right opinions about things. And so that translates often into our faith as well. And I've definitely experienced this living here in Melbourne where it's often the pressure can be to know more. If I just read the right things, if I read that book, listen to that podcast, then that's going to that's gonna get me there. And those things aren't bad at all. But what I've discovered and what I want to share with you is that there's a deeper reality and a deeper invitation that God actually wants to reveal to our inner beings who he is, his kingdom. In Galatians 1, 11 and 12, Paul says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. And this revelation I experienced was almost 15 years ago now. And over the course of that time, I've had to keep receiving. There are points in our walk where we hit a ceiling. For me, a lot of the time, it's just passiveness, passivity, where I just kind of get into a bit of a rut and don't really have much intention. I'm really pursuing anything. Sometimes that ceiling's pride. Sometimes it's fear or shame. And what I've learned as I, as I recognize those, as God kind of shows me where I've hit a ceiling, is I've kind of got my little algorithm on how, how we work through this. Um, but it begins by repentance. It always begins with repentance. Jesus says, repent for my kingdom of, uh, for the kingdom of God is near. And what that does, actually, as we repent, as we ah. let go of um, ourselves, it actually leads us into a space of humility. It softens our heart. And what we read and what I've discovered is that it's very difficult to God, for God to do much with a hard heart. It's hard for him to deal with pride, to get past our pride, but he can do a lot with a soft heart. He can do a lot with a humble person. And so repentance always begins that journey. And then as I find my heart being softened, I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to me something afresh? Is there something new you want to show me? Would you reveal something more of the kingdom that I haven't known, more of the king? Um, I remember a number of years ago, I'd had such a profound encounter with, with Jesus but realize actually I've got some father wounds I've got to deal with. Actually, that affects my relationship with the Father, with God the Father. And so I began a journey of going, oh, I want to, I want to, would you reveal to me who the Father is? And had a had a beautiful encounter with God the Father, which is actually a really redemptive thing for your own earthly father as well. So praying, repenting, praying for revelation, discovering, and praying that you discover more of who Jesus is who the Father is, what they've done, and who we are before them. And as I was preparing this, I just felt there's going to be people here, and perhaps you find yourself falling into one of these these categories as as I'm talking, as I'm sharing. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time. 
Maybe you've never heard the gospel. Maybe you've you've never heard the good news. That there is a kingdom out there, the upside-down kingdom, that is hope for this world. And it is... um, There is a king that sits on its throne who is good, who isn't like other kings. And his name is Jesus, and he loves you. And he wants to lead you forward more into who he's created you to be and to be a vessel of transformation of the world around you. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you in a moment. Pray that you would receive a fresh revelation. Or maybe you're someone who's, and I know this is a number of people, God is actually returning you to your first love where you've had this revelation before and it was so beautiful and so sweet and he's reminding you of that, what that was like, the feelings that were there, the experience that you had. Don't mind, it's just my children. (laughs) Um, Let God minister to you in that place. Or maybe you feel like, actually, I hear your story, Daniel, and I hear that kind of divine encounter you had, but I don't, I don't know if I've had that, but I have walked faithfully with God over the years, and I feel like I have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and all, all I'd say is, as a father of a couple of kids, I relate with each of my kids differently, um, and I think that's true for God and his children. He relates with each one of us differently. So my story isn't going to be your story. What, what I've shared, I don't want to be too prescriptive. Um, so the way that he works with each one of us is a bit different. But I will say, maybe there is something more. Maybe there's something fresh he wants to reveal to you. And then finally, maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel like you're hitting that ceiling. You've just been treading water. Maybe you're in need of a fresh revelation where you're actually surrendered and can let go and allow the Spirit to reveal to you afresh. And so I would love to pray for us. Um, So I'm going to invite you to stand as we do this, just as a physical representation of an inner posture. That we come before the King And just let, let me pray over you. And, and if there's a particular category you felt um, stand out to you, then, and then just allow Spirit to, to continue to speak to your heart. Mm. King Jesus, oh, what a privilege it is to come before you. We thank you and we praise you. <clears throat> for what you have done, for the message of hope that you have shared, for the the good news you brought into this world. And I thank you that you left us with your Holy Spirit. And I just claim that the Holy Spirit has made his home in each one of us that has claimed Christ as King. And so Holy Spirit, I want to pray and ask that you would come stir afresh in each of my brothers and sisters here that you would remind them of who they are in Christ, remind them of how loved they are. Would that come as a fresh wave, as a fresh revelation? They are deeply, deeply loved and known. I want to pray for those who are yet to meet you, Jesus. Would you come and make your home in them?
would this week would something surprising jump out that they can only put down to Jesus, it must be you. Come Holy Spirit upon these people. And for those of us who are stuck, who have hit that ceiling, who even feel poor and feel the weight and the gravity, I want to pray, come Holy Spirit, come to the hearts and minds of these people. Would you lead them into repentance? Would you lead them into forgiveness? Would would you lead them into fresh encounter with you? I want to pray in Jesus' name for fresh revelation upon our church, that we would encounter you, Jesus. You are are so good. You are Lord. You are King. There is so much more to be had and lived out in you. So come, Holy Spirit, do your work amongst us. Lead us forward into this week. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You can take a seat. I just want to end with, with the reality of Jesus leaving. He, um, he left. He said goodbye. Um, but before he did, he said to his disciples, now go. Take this good news. Take this revelation Take it out into the world. Share it to others. Teach them. Teaching them to obey, to follow me. And this this is the power of testimony. When you have what has been revealed to you, come and ministers to your heart and awakens you, that becomes your testimony. And that is what empowers mission. That's what empowers us to serve. That's what empowers us to evangelize and share the good news to witness, bear witness to what he has done in our own lives. And that's why it needs to be birthed in us first so it can then go out. I'm going to invite the the band up um, and we're going to keep worshipping. But I just want to finally just say, you are bearers of good news. You carry the hope this world needs. Jesus came to bring life, to bring hope, to bring light, to bring freedom, to set the captives free. And you are bearers of this good news. That is not something to be ashamed of. That is something to step into, to know more for yourself and to proclaim that to others. So let Spirit keep revealing this to you in fresh ways and let that change our reality and be good news for the world around us.